Welcome to a very special edition of Jeff and Julie Move to France During a Global Pandemic. Yes, it's been a year's worth of podcasts. So on Chapter 53, we figured we'd go back over some of our favorite moments of 2022. So for the next hour and 20 minutes, enjoy our year in review. Okay, so welcome to our first year in review. Can you believe we've been doing this nutty thing for one year? 52 chapters. I know. That's crazy. I know. I I'd honestly, did, I, when I wanted to do a podcast, I, I definitely wanted to have a topic that had legs, and I figured this this would be the topic. Well, we're, we're, certainly, not, we're certainly not out of content yet. Uh, no, living here has been has been uh, you know there's been ups there's been downs but there's always a story so you know we, we've we've had fun sharing it with our friends family and and anybody else who who, who finds this particularly entertaining or fun or or just know, even interesting or interesting right right but fifty two unbelievable and I got to tell you you know I was in radio for a billion years you weren't and you know your progress on this sh- on this podcast has been crazy and you've really started to take the ball uh, and run with it in terms of researching topics and finding interesting things out about France and France well, or Canada. I've always been a researcher. Like yeah. if I don't know something, it really bothers me. So I want to dig deep and try to find as much information on a, a particular topic um, that I can so that I, I myself am more informed. So coming up on this uh, year in review, first of all, we're going to go over the guests that we've had. So we'll have Stacey Allister, Dan Duran, and Humble Howard on the year in review. Our favorite moments. Now, a, a lot of these moments are more of the humorous ones, not so much the, uh, the you dramatic know, ones. go to the foie gras museum ones or the dramatic ones. Uh, but we will be including our very favorite story of the year, and you probably know what it is, <laughs> but you're going to have to wait to the very end to get there. Uh, I think we'd like to start off with, or at least if I'm going to choose the first um, topic or the first memory from last year, uh, it's going to be the very, very original kind of moment for us, the first thing that we purchased. Now, we had agreed on buying the house, mm-hmm. but we hadn't closed on the house yet. No, in, in France, it takes forever to close on a house. So so this dates back to actually 2019, mm-hmm. and it dates back to me making a phone call to a dealership that I've never even been to in French, buying our car, our first truck. Now, do you do you think that that was a an appropriate purchase? The truck, I do. Li- having lived here and seeing how tiny the cars are here, well, yeah, I do because we 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 also have you know other little vehicles that we run around with here. But the truck has been very useful going to the dishettery. It's been very useful taking garbage and that kind of thing. And it's still not a full size truck, so I'm very happy with that truck. I, I really am. And 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 here is how it all began. Uh, oh, you know, the only thing we had, I was just thinking about this, speaking of driving, the only thing we did have when we uh, were sitting in the house uh, weeping, uh, I mean, when we were first sitting in our new house uh, with no furniture and heat or anything, when we were just doing that and, and having our house still to sell in Canada, in, the, in that midst of misery, we did have a car. 
we did have a vehicle here. Yep, yep. you were you were brave enough. Like I, you, I don't know. Like I, you, you're not the guy that I knew, you know, 30 years ago. Because I don't think you would ever have, d- have done this. Well, but, that's because I've lost my mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you actually searched out, found a vehicle, a new vehicle, at a dealership in Toulouse, and purchased the car <laughs> sight unseen without ever having been physically in that dealership. On the phone. On the phone. And you don't speak French. No, but I mean, you had You didn't speak French. Uh, Well, well, you probably still still couldn't do it. (laughs) No, but you you helped me out. And and I I had settled after... It's it's good that we were here a few times because I I wanted a truck and I probably would have... Would have... you know, asked for like a, 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 a yeah, like I like the Ford trucks, so I probably would have asked for a, a, a F-150. Well, that wouldn't even fit on the roads here. So I ended up calling them up and saying, hey, I want to buy a, a brand new Ford Ranger. Now, back home, with all them guys out in the country where we live. Yeah, it's a petite vehicle. Uh, you might get yourself hauled off into the brush. Hey, you little sissy, what you doing with a Ford Ranger? You got pretty teeth. You should have a Ford F-150 or a Silverado or something like that. Anyway, the truth is, the Ford Ranger is a ginormous vehicle for the roads here and parking. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, we we made the phone call and uh, we started, you know, they there was large pauses hey, when we were talking to them on the phone. Well, I mean, they're a little skeptical. You know, who is this p- person that's unknown to us? From Canada. From Canada, you know, willing to purchase a vehicle for, you know, a certain price. Um, uh, you know, I don't I don't think that they thought that it was very serious, you know. Well, uh, until they received the deposit. Right. Then everything was fairly serious. Right. Yeah. And so the rest of it went well. We when we came to, to close on the house, we went into the dealership. They threw a party for us. They were so happy to meet us. <laughs> I don't Wait a minute. <laughs> no, no. It was it was you know what, Julie, you you saw it as oh, they were happy for us. They threw a party for us. I saw it as, hey, everybody, let's go out and see the freak show that just walked through the door. Okay? Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is not something that... And, you know, the guy walked me. He still couldn't believe it. He gave me the keys and still had that look on his face like, you are from outer space. Oh, they're probably still telling the story. Who knows? You know what? It is so long ago that, <laughs> that we bought the truck that it's now out of warranty. Wow. That's how long we've been here. And how many kilometers do you have on it? Like, that's the funny thing. I bet you I don't even have 15,000 kilometers on the thing. But I love that truck, and it's not going anywhere. Actually, there is a great use for the truck. It's great transportation for our canine crew. Exactly. Bringing them to the vet, bringing them to the kennel, uh, and you've got it all planned mm-hmm. out. Yeah, They're I've, very comfy. I've got a very special backseat blanket for the dogs or a, it's in a little enclosure that uh, we picked up. They're awesome. They hook up to the backrests and you hardly get any hair in the car or truck at all. So it works great. So thank you for reminding me <laughs> of another great use for the truck. Yeah, we pulled the dogs into one of our podcasts when we shared with everyone that they had a specific talent. <laughs> sure, well, t- they sure do. Two of them in, in particular for this, in this case. <laughs> Our dogs are singers. Let's take you back to Chapter 17. All right, as promised, um, we have singing dogs. And when did we first discover this? 
Because back in Canada, um, I believe that it started when we were playing some music and all of a sudden, Blue, Big Blue started. broke out in song. Broke out in song. And at first it was cute. At first, it's very cute, especially if he's doing it very mildly and sweetly. But he he likes to go into a crescendo. He likes to ramp it up, and when he ramps it up, the other one, uh, Brad, uh, tucks in. Right. And he's like doing background vocals. Brad never sings on his own. Never sings on his own, he, and he will rush into the room whenever Blue starts singing, and he just goes right up to him and he goes, "Is it go time? Is it go time? Let me sing. Let me sing. Let me sing." Um, and. Curiously enough, yeah. Anna, the female, the chirpy one, never joins in. She she's doesn't the, care. She's the loudest. She's the clearly the dog that barks the most. Doesn't and sing. She's an audience. She's in the audience. She's a fan. Yeah, she's a fan, uh, but she never gets involved. She's kind of like, what are you two idiot boys doing? You know, like really. And sometimes it even happened if I was watching television. Wow. <laughs> and, and, you know, a, there was one particular commercial. I don't know. I think it was for an insurance company. And the the, the, the little jingle that they had at the end had Blue yeah. and, singing insanely. And it's a five second ending jingle and he was gone. And so now it's again, it's a TV show. And so what we've been doing recently is we have been watching Better Call Saul. Started right from the beginning and we are loving it. The, the Vince Gilligan, the director, the shot selection, the cinematography, the storyline, everything is amazing. Bob Odenkirk, obviously, just fantastic. However, we now have to skip past the intro. I have to have the remote in my hand mm -hmm. because the intro comes up at a very, like they'll do a whole couple of scenes and then the intro comes on. Oh, because when we fire up the show, he starts in. So you have to be on standby. On standby. And pay attention so that you can skip the intro so that we don't get this concert that we don't always love. So what we thought we'd do is we would play for you today the intro to Better Call Saul and let's see what happens. Okay, as you can hear, it's dead quiet here in the kitchen. I've got the uh, theme song for Better Call Saul all lined up to play on the speakers. And all hell is about to break loose. I could listen to that uh, about, about once a day. That's it. Yeah, well, it's questionable whether or not it's considered singing. Wow. <laughs> and it's so funny, right? It's, uh, Blue knows that he, I, I get mad. We, we get upset when he takes it up to that other level. So his little small sounds when he's singing are really sweet. 
They're very pretty. And then when he knows that he's about to blow it up, yeah. he often runs to one of us to help him not escalate yeah. the singing. Yeah. He goes, I'm about to be bad, Dad. Can you please <laughs> pet me because I can't control myself? And he truly can't. Like when the music comes on, shows, radio, as you say, music, when we have guests, they go to town. And speaking of guests... October was a massive month for us. Guestober. Guestober. We had three different sets of guests. And I have to say, our dogs behaved amazingly with all of our visitors. Um, And uh, I think the first couple that started the party uh, were my dear friends, Stacy and John. Right. We go back to uh, chapter 38. They were here at the front part of uh, Guestober. And then Dan Duran and Humble Howard wrap things up. We'll get to them later on on our year in review. And we got to speak with Stacy, um, and this is hot off the heels of her amazing U.S. Open. Uh, Stacy Allister is formerly the chairperson and CEO of the WTA, the Women's Tennis Association. She's also the former vice president of sales and marketing and tournament director of the Canadian Tennis Open. Currently, she is chief executive of professional tennis and the U.S. Open tournament director, recent recipient of the Order of Canada companion stage. Amazing. Stacy Allister. Yes, amazing. Amazing. Got these great drums in here, Jeff. They yes. don't make any noise. <laughs> but you know, Julie, I must say, as you started, and you started to, at this time of the year, we get invaded by pests, and I thought you were talking about us. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the, you mean the stink bugs? You know, all those, Canadian, right. all those Canadian friends are descending upon you at this time of the year. <laughs> uh, first of all, congratulations on an exciting uh, U.S. Open. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah, that was. Uh, I've been doing this for probably 30 years, but it was the most uh, exciting, inspirational, and successful event in my entire career. Well, it really and, and was special. In large part, uh, the Serena Williams retirement. What uh, a what a privilege and a magical moment um, to share that with Serena and uh, all of her fans in her home Grand Slam. We weren't sure if she was going to play. Um, and if she was going to play, would you stay on the court and allow us to to pay tribute to her? Because in her Vogue article, she said, you know, I'm not really good with goodbyes and mm-hmm. I don't want that. And we had it well scripted that uh, we had Gail King on the court and I had Billie Jean on the court. She was not getting off the court. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we, that was incredibly special. And the other part of what made this year uh, special, we had no Roger. Uh, Francis Tiafo, our American, uh, African-American player, beat uh, Rafa. If you're going to lose Rafael Nadal in your tournament, it's, that's the player uh, to, to beat him. And it's about the next generation. The next generation uh, has arrived and they took the sport to the next level. Hmm. And again, I've been this doing this my entire uh, career. I saw the best tennis in my entire life hmm. at this year's U.S. Open. Carlos Alcaraz, hmm. uh, the new number one, yeah. our U.S. Open champion. Yep playing uh, the Italian uh, sinner on Wednesday night, the longest or the latest match in the history of the US Open, 2.50 a.m. was it was a late the one. best tennis. Uh, yeah, I think I've I remember, John, you were texting Jeff. We were up in the morning. We were up, up in the morning. morning. Yeah. 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 And you were yeah. still up late at night. Yeah. And Jeff, Jeff said, why are you awake? <laughs> I said, the match is still going on. <laughs> uh, okay, you mentioned some of the great players who were there. 
uh, and I know you have a great relationship with John McEnroe, but he was quite vocal about Novak right. and the fact that he wasn't there uh, and not being allowed to play. What did this boil down to from the U.S. Open's point of view? We wanted Novak to play. We had a Novak policy. You didn't have to be vaccinated as an athlete to compete. And ultimately, it came down to a U.S. federal government entry requirement that all non-U.S. citizens must uh, be vaccinated. And um, unfortunately, Novak has his, his uh, own personal opinion um, around how he wants to manage his, his body. He doesn't believe in vaccinations. And so ultimately, it was his choice, unless our government would give him an exemption, and our government was uh, was not not willing at that time to do so for one professional athlete. You are listening to Jeff and Julie move to France during a global pandemic. And this is Chapter 53, our year in review. A great interview with Stacey Allister. And uh, you, if you really want to check out the whole thing, and I'm telling you, it was just fascinating. Uh, go to Chapter 38, uh, wherever you download your podcasts. Stacy was at our wedding. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> a few decades ago. <laughs> wow, that's right. Yeah. But no, she was one of our guests in Montreal. We had a great wedding. We really did. Yeah. But it, you know what? It, it was filled with friends and family and love and, and dancing and good yep. stories and laughs. Mm-hmm. And lots of laughs. Lots of laughs. Yeah. Not so much on a honeymoon. What are you talking about? Well, you um, have a little bit of a temper. I don't know what you are and referring to. And I believe to. that in Chapter 23, I explain how you lost your temper uh, by poolside. I'm not sure if I have that clip. Mm, it's in, lost in the archives? Yeah. Well, it's a good story. You know, I have a story, but it has nothing to do with French. Okay. It has to do with Greece, mm-hmm. which is where... Our honey- we had our honeymoon. Yep. And in Corfu, beautiful. A um, couple of things happen uh, on our honeymoon. Um, one of the most dramatic was when we were playing Scrabble. I know people are saying, why are you playing Scrabble on your oh honeymoon? Oh, God, you're really, huh? So I see, this is a tit for tat. All right. No, it's just a story that doesn't mm. frame you in very good light. Um, so we're playing, and, and my husband, Jeff, is very competitive. Uh, this just in. I just and, hate losing. Mm-hmm. Does that make me competitive? <laughs> yeah, it does. So uh, there is a, an, an opening on the board for a, a special letter. I believe it was an S. And it, the first person to get that letter would get a bazillion points. Yeah, because, well, and in my case, I would have used up all my letters. So there's an extra 50. Anyway. And it just kept going back and forth. And I was just getting antsy and here and pick a letter. Damn it. And I got the letter. I put it down. And Jeff proceeded to take the entire board, and we're outside, people around us. We're on a, on a terrace, like around the pool. He takes the board, flips it up in the air, like everybody's looking at me and him, and pieces are flying all over the place. Then he storms out and goes back into the building, leaving me to pick up all the pieces. I realized I had some French to do inside, so that's what I was doing. Sure. Yeah, that's a shame, isn't it? Oh, well, <laughs> 30-some years later, and we're still here playing Scrabble and 
doing a podcast. <laughs> uh, welcome to our year in review. I can't believe this is episode 53. We've done a full year's worth of our podcast. Jeff and Julie moved to France during a global pandemic, and it couldn't have been done without the very first one. And our very first podcast, we thought we would uh, let you in on why we moved to France. So let's go back to the first one. And here's our memory about why we moved to France. May as well address it on our first podcast is why the heck did you guys choose France? And just, it almost became a process of elimination. You know, we, I, I think we eliminated the states for a number of reasons early. A number of reasons. But then, you, you know, you touched on Spain and Spain was a place that we had gone to for two or three times, I think. Mm -hmm. And just loved it. And then, uh, and then, you know, after we visited France a couple of times after that, you know, Julie said, well, don't you think if we're going to move here, uh, we should at least move to a country where one of us speaks the language. And by the way, just to flesh that out a little bit more, and I know we'll, we'll, we'll delve into this in future podcasts, but it's almost a necessity. You, you think people speak English in France? Well, they do in Paris. So if you've been to Paris and... Oh, you've had a wonderful experience where, well, of course, it's Paris. Right. But, uh, you know, out in the country where we are, and we, we're in southwest France, forget about it. And all the government stuff, they don't speak any. No, no. It, it, you need to know how to speak French if, you, if you're going to get the enjoyment that you want out of this country. Yeah. I just thought of one other factor that kind of tilted us in, in you know, our decision to move here. Um, we've always loved uh, older homes. Uh, we've always loved the charm of, of, you know, an older property. And the French countryside is just, uh, it's a, a myriad of properties with amazing, all different qualities, all different, you know, features. Um, but the, uh, the interesting part of it is, you know, when we were looking at property prices compared to Canada, it was our feeling, even with the conversion of the Canadian dollar to the euro, that we were getting a, a bigger bang for our buck. Well, the, the, the housing bubble that's happening in Canada and, and other parts of the world right now is through the roof. So, you know, uh, once we were able to sell our place, we, we, had, uh, we had pretty much pick of the litter when we came here. And, and uh, the countryside, there are beautiful parts of Canada, obviously, but when you... When you, when you come to France, not only do you get that countryside and rolling hills and just a vista around every corner, but the architecture and the history is, you know, Canada is a young country. Yes. The history here with even just everyday houses is hundreds of years old. Yeah, there's a, right down the road, there's a 14th century um, chapel, church. Right. Um, you know, and, and it's so easy to get from one destination to another. You know, from from here, Europe is is accessible. Of course, during the pandemic, yeah, not so much. But you know, our plan, which was pre-pandemic, um, was to be able to spend some time in other countries that are, you know, two and a half hours away. Yeah, by car. And that that was a, another reason, and I'm glad you brought that up because uh, France is even more central than Spain to yeah. the rest of of Europe. Yes. So that, there's another why. You, we, here we are, we're plunked kind of in the center south 
west of, of Spain, of, of France, and it just drives away to all these other countries. This is Jeff and Julie moved to France during a global pandemic, and you're listening to A Year in Review, the best of 22. Arriving in France during the pandemic in 2020 um, gave us a, a, a lot of uh, difficulties in terms of how to furnish our house and and make purchases because stores were shuttered. So we went online shopping like crazy, like most people did. And in our next chapter, which is chapter 12, I will talk about Jeff's ordering of an item that never came. So my experience with with online shopping and sourcing things out here in the EU has has been really quite positive. Um, But your experience with online shopping, specifically the weights that you ordered back in, when did you order the weights that were on a marketplace, Facebook, some odd web page site thing? When when was that exactly? Like when the the big sale. (laughs) When the big sale happened in January. January. And I guess they're a little behind on their deliveries. It must have been, you know, because it was a pretty good offer. So I mean, you know, you can understand how how it's going to take a while. (laughs) So uh, how good an offer was it, Jeff? It was it was too good to be true. I remember you sheepishly coming in to see me saying, "I think I did something really stupid." (laughs) <laughs> okay. All right. I'm. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So here, here's, here's the French expression of the day. Before we even um, get to my explanation. <laughs> oh, please go ahead. Please. Okay. Sorry. So listen, I knew it was too. Okay. So here was the deal. You probably saw this on Facebook and I don't, I knew it was a long shot. I knew it was a long shot because it was <laughs> hand weights, you know, like, is that what you call them? Hand, hand weights. Mm-hmm. And a rack mm-hmm. from, so five. A series of, of handheld uh, yeah. weights Wait. on a rack. Yeah. For how much? 99 euros. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. And and I, I knew that this was a long shot because, like, the, the, the comments on the Facebook page were things like, Bwah! <laughs> <laughs> but you still did it. I what? still did it. What? T- why? I will tell you the reason why. Okay. How much do you think the average person spends on lottery? T- the average lottery buying person, lottery ticket buying person spends on lottery tickets. I don't know the answer, but it's a lot. Over the course of a year, it's a lot. If you're a regular lottery ticket buying human being, how many lottery tickets do I buy? So you're suggesting... Just, just, that, that, just mm-hmm. answer the question. Uh, how many lottery tickets... Do I buy? I don't think I've ever seen zero. Buy. Yeah, zero yeah. lottery tickets. What are the chances of winning a lottery? Very, very minimal. Very small. <laughs> Infinitesimally small. Right. So I thought I would take hundred bucks and give it away. <laughs> Just a minute. Put it in the shredder. Just a minute. Euros. In my defense, and by the way, this isn't over yet. In my defense, if those weights were to show up, who's the hero? <laughs> Me. Okay, time for the French phrase of the day. 
Oh, you know, I just, th- this is such an unfair way to start this podcast. But yeah, okay. okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. What's the. Your weights will arrive quand les poules auront des dents. Quand les des poules auront des dents. The pool. 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 When a pool? Pool. No, no, that's terrible. I don't know what pool is. Pool is a chicken. Oh, yeah, okay. Poulet. I thought it was what? poulet. Well, a female is a pool. Quand, oh, well, quand des poules auront okay. des dents. Uh, when chickens will have teeth, meaning never. That <laughs> is when your weights will arrive. <laughs> never. <laughs> All right. Hey, by the way, Arnold. <laughs> yeah. How's the weightlifting going? <laughs> well, it isn't. Uh, I guess uh, now, now we can officially... Uh, write that one off since it's a year ago since I ordered the weights. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the wait is over. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've already heard from Stacy Allister, part of our guest Stober lineup. Um, now, here, this one's kind of funny. Uh, so, the first person to actually book uh, us for a visit in October was Howard, Humble Howard. And he booked uh, late October in May because, of course, he knew his golf schedule by then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a tournament in the middle of October. Mm-hmm. So then Stacy and John booked, and we were kind of full up. But at the very last minute, I'm talking about like September, right? Wasn't it about September? Yeah. Um, Dan Duran decided to wedge himself in. And you know what? It was it, we, we decided we made room. And everything worked out all right, except Howard goes, what? Uh, He's going to be there to see your place before me? What? And I booked in May? What? Very funny, funny story. But we're so glad that everyone made it here for Guest Ober. And here's a little snippet of the time we spent with Dan Duran. All right, we are here with Mr. Dan Duran, who has been our guest, along with his lovely partner, Lisa, here for the last, uh, how many, three, two, three days? I honestly have lost count. I oh, don't know anymore. That's good. <laughs> that, is, that is a good sign. Can I, can I just, uh, before we go any further, uh, can I pass on some congratulations? Sure. Okay. Congratulations, Dan, on uh, not spilling anything. You actually noticed that, yeah. And not breaking anything. Oh, I have not done that either. But I got to tell you, I I don't think you noticed that I noticed something that almost happened yesterday. (laughs) And (laughs) you tried to... (laughs) You tried to hide your error and uh, cover it up, but I saw it. The whole thing. Did you? Yes. We were in here, and and you were sitting... Right where I'm sitting now. <laughs> yeah. With a uh, full glass, stem glass, that was a mistake of mine, uh, stem <laughs> glass of wine. And I was uh, sitting at the drum kit playing you all these different sounds, and you decided, with your headphones on, to, for some reason, walk across the room. <laughs> the cable from said headphones caught the glass. <laughs> 
And I don't know how in the hell this did not spill all over my console, but it dragged the glass the complete length of this table. And you caught it just as it was going to hit the computer keyboard. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think you saw that. I saw the yeah, entire thing. Yeah, that must have been in slow motion for you. <laughs> well, well, we had the pleasure of dining with Dan and his partner, Lisa, on several occasions while they were here in, in France visiting us. And there's one particular haunt that we go to on a fairly regular basis. And this one time, prior to taking Dan and Lisa there, we witnessed some table manners <laughs> that were absolutely disgusting. This, this took me off my whole day. Oh, let's take you back to Chapter 17 for this gem. Okay, you know, I, I just have to mention this because it was just it just ruined this ruined my day the other day. We went out for our, what was it? The first first alfresco lunch. Holy cow! So we're out at this uh, one of our favorite little haunts. Our first outdoor lunch, having a nice time, but couldn't help noticing the loud couple behind Julie. So Julie can't really see them. I can hear them. But uh, and you know without giving it away uh it was from one of those lovely ear-pleasing guttural languages uh up north and i you know just it's uh i just i can't stand the language i just can't i hate it and uh it's it, they were loud yeah, it they, would be okay if they weren't so loud they were loud they were probably in their mid-60s i'm gonna put them at and uh, so that was annoying right away. And then towards the end of the meal, she gets up, puts her goofy sun hat on and goes out to the car. Why did she go to the car? She went to the car to get one of those floss sticks. You know, the one with the, it's got a toothpick at one end and then it curves around into a U with a little floss thing. Oh my God. Now. If you're going all the way to the car to get a floss stick, <laughs> stay at the car. To floss. To floss. <laughs> Don't bring it back into the restaurant. She brings it back into the restaurant, sits down, and goes to town. I mean, she's got both hands oh in there. Oh, my God. Wait a minute. So she is just, like, ripping it. She's, like, doing a full-on root canal right at the table. I can't <laughs> not see this. You can't unring the bell. It's just gross. It's just absolutely gross. Whether she's got her hands up there. A, yeah. Then he pulls out a toothpick from his pocket, and he starts going to town. Well, at least he didn't use hers. Well, that would have been it. <laughs> That, because I, I was thinking about that. Were hey, you? can I borrow that? Oh, <laughs> just. Okay, if you've got to do dental work at the table, go go to the washroom or stain your car. That was just repugnant. Ugh. Well, you know what? I, I could hear what they were saying, and they, they that, that just, I'm so happy I didn't what see What do you mean that. you could hear what they were saying? They I, were speaking another whole language. It wasn't French, that's for well, sure. Well, no, but they, they, they got, um, salt and pepper and they were commenting on the on the food and saying that it wasn't uh, uh, spicy enough and like they were oh they were problem people and, they, and they were problem people and they were reading newspapers at the t it's just like I, I i i don't know it was just annoying factor 11 at this restaurant with these people and i don't know i 
Ugh, just made me nuts. Well, you know what? In general, in, in general, we find everybody around here very, very respectful, yeah. and 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 you know. They were guests. It was a, so it was a restaurant uh, attached to a hotel that we go to all the time. They were must have been guests visiting. Thanks very much for your, thanks very much for your patronage. Now back you go. This is Jeff and Julie moved to France during a global pandemic, and you're listening to a year in review, the best of 22. Welcome to Chapter 16 of Julie and Jeff Moved to France During a Global you just, Pandemic. You just did it again. Did what? You, you didn't get the, the name of our show right. You did this last week. It's not Julie and Jeff. It's... But if I'm doing the introduction, shouldn't it be me first? But that's not the name of the show. But aren't they transferable? Well, no, they're not. The name of the show is Jeff and Julie Moved to France. That's what's on the logo and everything. You, you can't just change it. Well, I'm not trying to change your brand. That's it. You nailed it. It's the brand. But people understand that it's the same show, whether it's it's Julie and Jeff or Jeff and Julie. And I think Julie and Jeff sounds better. So it's 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 Grace and Will now, all of a sudden. The show is Grace and Will. Do you see how that's stupid that sounds? But people would still understand and they'd still tune in and they would think it was fun. So welcome to chapter 16. Well, I'm I'm glad we figured all that out, and you uh, complied with my lawyer's letter. <laughs> yes, I do obey. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's you know, it's just it's important that we keep everything you know the way it's uh, listed and labeled. And I still think Julie and Jeff sound great. That's great. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what? Back in chapter six, uh, we recounted a story actually you recounted a story when you went to the car wash and oh, that's yeah. still one of my favorite ones because <laughs> because you didn't at the time understand the language <laughs> still don't <laughs> well you do but you you have a much broader understanding now but at the time yeah. you didn't understand the sign that clearly indicated that you had to be careful <laughs> during winter conditions at the car wash at the car wash here we go so, do you remember the day that uh, I had the, the little truck full of uh, les cartons et le plastique pour le déchetterie? Oui, so, I remember. Les cartons being cardboard and plastic for the déchetterie. Maybe just you could pronounce it properly and, and explain what the déchetterie is here. Sure. Déchetterie, and that's because um, garbage is les déchets. Ah. Les déchets. Um, and it's a, um, a location where you can bring your household debris. Julie, it's a place to take your crap. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, you know the system. You you you, oh. know, you know the bin for the cardboard. You know the bin for the plastic. You know I, the bin. I gotta say, it's 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 one of the things they do so much better here in France. It, this is a great thing. They have these dump little mini dumps. All over the place. And do you remember when we were in Ontario and we would see people just dump stuff in the ditch and it just used to drive me like bonkers? Um, And I know there are huge fines for doing that in Canada, but boy, does this ever eliminate that problem? I mean, if you can't find a dechettery in France, it's like Tim Hortons. They got them like Tim Hortons. And it's easy, it's well organized, it's free. Mm -hmm. And it's it's very popular. People are are, are always using them. So I. I embarked to the Deschettery the other day, and it was a little frosty from overnight. The truck was all loaded up, but my 
I have a sliding cover on a metal cover on on the on the Ranger, and the the thing was locked. So I thought, well, I'm either going to go get your hair blower, and and which you would not allow. So the, my next option was to uh, to head to the car wash that day, to because I thought, okay, the, the car wash. They're, that's the other thing. The car washes are outside. They're really cool. It's it's a robot that goes back and forth over the car. Touchless. Inst- inst- yeah. Instead of the car wash being two blocks long, it's it's 25 feet long, and yeah, it's touchless. And the jets are so powerful. You can get one with brushes or one with jets, and it does an amazing job. So yeah, so I head over to the outdoor car wash, and. Um, you know, I thought that would uh, thaw the the truck. Plus, it also needed a wash. So uh, I pull into to the car wash. There was a lady in front of me. She was getting hers, so I waited. She's done. I pull in. Mm-hmm. Actually, um, this would be a good time to sort of interrupt the story. And if I may steal your thunder for just a second. By all means. Uh, I think it's appropriate for me to uh, now deliver the French phrase of the day. Go ahead. Can't wait. And just understand, it's, it's, it's winter, and I'm at the outdoor car wash, and so the French phrase of the day is, Attention, sol gelé. <laughs> Attention, sol gelé. Which means, and I wish I'd have known this before getting out of the car, <laughs> as opposed to finding out after getting out of the car. But what attention sol gelé means is attention, frozen surface. Mm-hmm. I get out of the truck. You didn't. I hit this ice and perform the most incredible double gainer, feet in the air, Buster Keaton, backflop, just as a guy pulls up. Just as a guy pulls up to see the whole entire performance. The Russian judge gives me a nine. So, but did, were you hurt? I missed, I missed my head oh. hitting the trailer hitch by inches because this was a full feet in the air, down. And so I am laying there in the frozen <laughs> car filth, soaked, humiliated, and this guy rolls up, <laughs> saw the whole thing, rolls down his window, and, and I'm still laying in the filth of the frozen. So I, I'm, I'm assuming that he's, you know, going to, Say how you are you okay or everything. So I, before I could even get up and let him know I'm fine, do you know what he says? What did he say? Le laver à est-il cassé? <laughs> he was asking me if I'm laying down <laughs> next to the pipes and, and the he's frozen. Ask, he's asking you if the car wash is broken. Correct. <laughs> No, I'm fine. Thanks. Thanks. F- thanks very much. I'm fine. No, no, I'm okay. Uh, your car wash? No, it's 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 broken. Okay. Welcome to France. Good story. You know what? Slight correction. What? I think that the gentleman that was in the car wasn't asking you about 
whether or not the car wash was broken. I know. We were, we've been through this. I, I know. But I, I think, it, you know, we have yeah. to set the record straight. If, that he was most likely inquiring if you were hurt. Or maybe he said anything broken, like on me, because yes. I know for a fact he said the word casse. I know that for a fact. So maybe he was just joking. Ha ha. Oh, good joke. No, I think we give him the benefit of the doubt. He was trying to help you out. Well, if he was really trying to help me out, why didn't he get the hell out of his car and come and pick me up, help me up? Because the... Because he read the sign. (laughs) 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 All right, let's move from from reality to complete fiction. And every once in a while, we like to tell a story that really didn't happen or has no bearing on anything or no... There are very, very, very little truth to the story, and that's where we end up here. But a funny one, nonetheless, a, a great... Tale from Julie. This is from chapter nine, and it's how we met. So you're doing morning radio. Yeah. I'm working in marketing, and one of my responsibilities was to go to the radio stations and try to talk about the company I was working for. So this was I'm winter, I, January, I think, at some point, and I um, got let into the radio station. And you were there running around, and we had developed a campaign where I had to wear a smock, and oh. I brought—I know, I know, it, um, it, whatever. I uh, had to wear a smock, and I brought in a big plastic needle, and my can, job. Can I? Can I just? What, it, no, you can't. So my job. What was do you mean I can't? To, you can't. Shh, let me finish, and then you can. So my job was to inject you uh, to prevent you from getting sick, and you were so standoffish and rude rude yeah and 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 you stuck out your arm and you've got those bendy elbows and so i injected you and then and then i i left and i felt like that was the least pleasant experience of all my radio tours so fast forward another uh, six months and and we have another campaign and i'm another beauty another yep coming back and so I, I, I get let into the radio station. This time, you're not in the booth, mm-hmm. but your partner is. And so he was so nice. And I sat down in your chair. Howard. And Howard was being, you know, flirty and, and, and nice. And and all of a sudden, you walk back in and you tell me to get out of your chair. Oh, yeah, that's what I said. Get you out said, of my get chair. get out of my chair. I did not say Yes, that. you did. And so I left. And again, I'm going, oh, my goodness. I can't believe it. Like, and, uh, but Howard was really sweet. So... I got the the people who uh, uh, enabled me to get into the building. Yes. I asked them to hand um, you guys my business card, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and he did the next day. Yes, he did. And I thought, one hundred percent, Howard was going to call me, and instead, <laughs> Mr. Happy called me <laughs> to ask me out to. Oh, do you remember the film? Bull Durham. Bull Durham. Yeah. Right. Because we were doing a move. Oh, can I talk or? Wait, no, no. So I, I accepted the invitation because yeah. it was a free movie, and I thought, <laughs> I thought that I might run into Howard. So <laughs> that's how we met. You are listening to a year in review, the best of twenty-two, on Jeff and Julie moved to France during a global pandemic. The first seven or eight chapters 
uh, of our podcast really centered around why we came here, how we got here, some of the complexities of moving here. And one of our biggest challenge was getting our fur kids, our dogs, here during the pandemic. You know, it's funny. uh, As I was kind of assembling all these clips for the uh, podcast today, I'm telling you, I got anxious all over again listening to some of this stuff because it was so incredibly taxing on us. Well, you know, it's taxing at the best of times, but add the layers that the, the pandemic brought about. The, the dog embargoes, the pet embargoes. So we, you know, had to make choices and were challenged about how to get our pets here. Yeah. And just even the, the flight cancellations, those were just killing us. The story does end well. We shared your flight with two of our pups. That's right. Let's go back to chapter six as we continue with the year in review. It's Jeff and Julie moved to France during a global pandemic. Meanwhile, I have landed in Toulouse and wait till you hear this poop show. So I land in Toulouse. Nobody is around to tell me where my two dogs are. I'm running around and, and Ian was running a little behind to pick to pick me up, pick us all up. And I I don't know what like I, I'm asking people, you know, uh yeah, I, 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 I don't speak any French. And finally, finally, and, and again, I mean, there, there's just carousels and that's it. There's Confusion. no There's Confusion. no porters. There's nobody to help you. I hmm. finally get in touch with somebody. I said, you know, who spoke English, which is lucky. That's lucky. And they said, oh, yeah, the dogs, uh, the dogs, come, <laughs> the dogs come up the elevator. And I go, what? She, yes, if you go over there. Which was just past the luggage carousels. There's an elevator, and that's where they usually bring the dogs up. So <laughs> I go over to the elevator, I push the button, the doors open, and there are my dogs. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. They're just kind of in the cage. Hey, Dad. Oh, how's it going? Yeah, just us hanging out in the elevator by ourselves with no escorts. Two dogs in their cages in an elevator all by themselves. So you can see the baggage guys would just like, uh, here we go, boom, boom, onto the elevator. Anyway, now I've got to get them out of the airport. There are no porters. So I pull the, their cages out. They're not on a, a, a dolly or anything. They're just the two cages and they're, you know, they're so good. They're just hanging out They're Like I'm panicking. They've been like 15 hours in this cage, right? And I'm panicking. So. Um, I, I pull them out, and I also have t- two and a half bags, like two big full bags and a carry-on. Mm. So I don't know what the heck to do. Nobody's there to help me. They're, they just have officers. So I, t- I leave the dogs in front of the elevator, which I, I'm loath to do. But I, and then I, I exit out of the airport, and, and I'm ca- trying to call Ian, and he's like 10 minutes behind. And I go, but Ian, I got the dogs in there. And so... <laughs> I, 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 I panic and I leave my bags out there. I'm not sure if I ask somebody to watch them or or what. But number one, you don't leave bags because they well, think yeah. they'll get collected or the SWAT team will arrive. But anyway, I leave the bags out there. And here's the second stupid thing I do. I can't get back <laughs> into the airport. So I go back backwards through security to go get my dogs. Oh. <gasps> 
And I make it. That's incredible. No, no one stopped you or no one saw you? No one stopped because people were coming out, uh -huh. still coming out. I just snuck back in. <laughs> and, and and I went you were to... swimming upstream. I was swimming, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was a salmon swimming upstream looking for my dogs. And I, I made it in and I still had their paperwork, which was, I'm glad that happened. And I, I get a cart and I'm... I, I've come up to two police officers who are or customs agents, I guess, who say, uh, let, let me see the paperwork of the dogs. And one of them, once he, he, he went through all the stuff that your guy in Guelph, he went through that thing. Oh, like it had to fine, be stamped. Yeah. It had to be stamped. Fine tooth comb. He went through the, from the Canadian food thing. He went through that with a fine tooth comb. It took honestly about 10 minutes. And I'm thinking, well, my bags are probably somewhere in <laughs> Singapore. Um, by now um so uh yeah so and then finally he said okay you're clear to go and i and i i asked the other guy if he would help me out with it and he was so sweet he said no problem and he helped me out with one of the cages i took one he took one and i i gave him 20 euros i i was just so happy that someone helped me out and then of course just as we get out there next to the bags ian rolls up and uh and everything was everything was tickety-boo at that point you know i gotta tell you something just occurred to me if I don't run into the one person, probably in Toulouse, who speaks English in that airport, those dogs go up and down that elevator <laughs> without any... What is going on up and down? Because honestly, had I not bumped into that person, I would never have thought to check an elevator for dogs. Wow. That's... Uh... You got lucky that day. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that, but I guess in, in that instance, yeah, I kind of did get lucky. What a memory. I, that'll never leave my mind that whole day. <laughs> well, we were at a, a New Year's Eve um, party uh, just the other night mm -hmm. and ran into our friend Eric, who's an amazing chef. He did a great job again, yeah. and he had just gotten back from Andorra. And that brought back some memories because we visited Andorra during the summer. And I remember clearly what happened when our gas tank needle was nearing zero. And so you admit you'd remarked even in Wasak that we were getting low on on gas. No, but, but you had commented that in Andorra there's no tax. That's right. So because there's no tax, yeah. it would be much cheaper to do a fill up. Let's get the gas there. In Andorra Save. as opposed to getting it in Wasak when there's plenty of gas stations. Yeah. So So what just if I could just cut in. Mm -hmm. So uh, I I made one small uh miscalculation uh but when I, you know, I, I had the route in my GPS, and I, I knew exactly how many, <laughs> exactly how many kilometers it was to the destination. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the car. Now it, they tell you what they, they indicate how much you have left. And I had, <clears throat> at that point when we left, when we left our area, I, I had 70 kilometers to spare. That's a lot. That's tons. So no problem getting to Andorra and filling up for cheap. That's what I'm thinking. And so we're on the road and we're getting close to the border between France and Andorra. And Well, we just get through France and we start climbing the mountain. And the mountains are pretty steep. Yeah. And all of a sudden you see your gas gauge going down, down, down. Well, then down. it started then it went red. Yeah, and then it said, "Okay, you need gas." Right. And then and then it said, "Would you like to program uh, the nearest gas station in your GPS?" 
So I was kind of getting nervous. And then I realized, okay, I, I, when I made my calculation, I didn't calculate for going uphill on a mountain the size of the Rockies. Which, which uses is going, up yeah, gasoline con- big time. Consumption goes up mm. a lot you know, faster. So, uh, yeah, we hit the button. And uh, <laughs> and I was honestly, mm-hmm. I was pooping bricks. Mm-hmm. I got us be, be, because I could tell you were trying to hide it from me, but I could tell that you were seriously worried. And there are no gas stations in France. Not on only that, that side of the mountain. Not only that, there's no place to stop. It's one lane on each side, and it's windy. And if you have to stop or run out of gas in a place like that, danger, danger. And you probably get fined. You probably get fined or killed. Yeah, that might have been a better bet at that point. But um, so you know, it, it, it's kind of funny because you make it a game. You've done you've done this on many of our car trips. It's like a game. You, you're challenging the laws of nature by saying, "Okay, I can make it to a gas station when I'm riding on fumes." And did I? You did. And with how many to spare? I think thirty. Thirty kilometers to spare. I made it to the gas and station. And how much money did you say? Oh my goodness, it's, it's too much to mention. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to, you know, rub it in. On okay. a full tank of gas, you saved approximately how much? It was 17 euros. 17 euros. So that's, uh, you know what that is? That's that's lunch for, for one person. <laughs> <laughs> Look what I did. I saved the family $17. By knowing my car. And then, on our way to the hotel, like there's a gas station. Like, Every so, 10 yeah, feet. Yeah, like sometimes they're on each side of the street. Competitors, that, like, you know. But it's understandable that there are none on the French side of the border that lead up to Andorra, because who's getting gas there? It's so much more well, not money. not you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, a very humbling moment for me. I'm never doing that again, don't worry. I, you have my word. It was heart attack time. I know, it was not worth it. And and as as I mentioned in the clip, I mean, if, if we had have run out of gas, some... Oh, that would have been bad news. Well, we would have been on... Um, yeah, I, we would have been in towed away, first of all, probably fined, and then the towing charges and... So all you need is more tickets. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Hey, I want to pay you a compliment because uh, one of my favorite parts of our podcast, and I'm not the only one, by the way, is the French phrase huh. of the day. No, really? it's huh. it's really good. I know you have to research it, and uh, I'm starting to get a little better. So at some point, they're going to have to become more difficult for me to guess. But uh, uh, I I do have a favorite French phrase of the day. I haven't told you about this yet. Oh, there's, there's 52 to pick from. I can't, I can't imagine which one it is. It's just that it had such a funny ending for me. Uh, when when you translated it all in English, it really cracked me up. So uh, let's now take you back to chapter 14 for my very favorite French phrase of the day. It's it's a noticeable amount compared to to Canada. Like a noticeable amount of cars are dented here. Like big dance, you know, moldings ripped off yep. and that, that kind of stuff. Yep. But uh, well, this brings me to the French fa- phrase of the day: the dented cars. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So it's a it's a longer one than usual. Oh, go, oh yeah, because I was doing so well with the short ones. Okay. I don't think I've got one yet. Uh, well, you're you're gonna get parts of this. Okay. Okay. So here here it goes. On appelle une voiture d'occasion. Une voiture dont toutes les pièces font du bruit, sauf le klaxon. Oh my God. 
Oh, your, your face just dropped. Well, it just kept going. Uh-huh. Okay. I didn't know you were doing the Gettysburg Address here. <laughs> um, well, let's just do it again, please. On appelle. So, uh, we, we call. Yes. Une voiture. We call one car. D'occasion. For an occasion. No. Voiture d'occasion is used car. Oh, oh, really? Mm -hmm. On appelle une voiture d'occasion, une voiture dont toutes les pièces font du bruit, sauf le klaxon. Something about uh, uh, noise? Yes. And I don't know what klaxon is. It's a... a, a Honk? Yeah. Horn? Okay. Horn. What, yeah. What, okay. So, you know, I... You got bits. He's, I predicted you would my... get bits. Oh, yeah, I got bits. Yeah. yeah. Okay, All so... Right. On appelle une voiture d'occasion une voiture dont toutes les pièces font du bruit, sauf le klaxon. Oh, that, and the sauf is except. That's right. So, we call a used car a car where all its parts make noise except for the horn. <laughs> that is outstanding. <laughs> I thought you'd like that. One more time quickly, okay. Julie, please. On appelle une voiture d'occasion, une voiture dont toutes les pièces font du bruit, sauf le klaxon. <laughs> ah, that's my favorite. Also, uh, one of my favorite things is every time you say the word... <laughs> what? Doop! Doop! <laughs> <laughs> Very funny and my favorite French phrase of the day. Thank you, Julie. Oh, you're so welcome. You're listening to A Year in Review, the best of 22. On Jeff and Julie moved to France during a global pandemic. Um, we we uh, we've been blessed uh, this this uh, guest tober. Uh, we had Stacy and John here at the beginning of October. Had a great time with them. Had Dan Duran and his uh, partner Lisa here uh, a couple of weeks ago. And this week, uh, the Speaking man of wild boars. They're <laughs> 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 just boars. <laughs> I was for sure thought you were going to be like. And speaking of wild boars, <laughs> the man responsible for the Jeff and Julie move to France. Uh, podcast, the curator of our uh, 41 episodes, my friend for a uh, hundred million years. We're mm -hmm. both from Saskatchewan. We've worked together. We've played together. And I love him like a brother, Mr. Howard Glassman. Oh, thank you, guys. Humble Howard. Um, nice. So nice to have you here. It's so great to have you, uh, to be on your podcast and to have uh, a chance to hang out with you guys here. Uh, I've listened to uh, many of the episodes, and it's sort of weird for me to be on it. I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. No, I'm the one who's nervous. I've got professional broadcasters oh, oh, here. Oh, wait a minute. No, you don't. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. You know, you've heard, you actually, you heard our show before you met both of us. Um, but can I just quickly, before I, I get into some other stuff, but I, I, I have a Dan Duran bird story. Oh, oh yet another really? one. Oh, yeah. Oh, let's hear that. And it, it, it ties in with France. Go on. The very first time I ever came to Europe was with Dan. You know, we'd all been besties and stuff. It was eight, 1982. And, you know, this might surprise Jeff, but I'm a bit of a control freak when it comes to... Yes, I know. Surprise. Oh, wait, yeah. no. Uh, why didn't you tell me to sit down for that news? <laughs> Quelle surprise. <laughs> so, uh, I wouldn't let Dan drive. Because, you know, he's bit, he can be a bit clumsy. <laughs> And so we that drove sure. we drove from Amsterdam through France and we were south of Paris and finally Dan after lunch one day is like, Well, oh, come on, it's my turn to drive. 
I'm like, all right, Dan. And I get in the passenger seat, literally pull out of the uh, restaurant. He's got his left arm out the window and a bird shit on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, buddy. So great that you were able to uh, partake in our place and, uh, you know, grace our uh, our little home here in France with your presence and uh, Randy's as well. Geez, we had a great time with Howard and Randy, huh? Oh, it was it was so much fun. It was like, you know, many years had gone by um, between the time that we um, were socializing with both Howard and Randy and and their Did, time here in France. But it didn't seem like it no, at all. Didn't skip a beat. It was mm-hmm. just just fantastic. And, uh, you know, uh, I would be remiss if if we didn't thank you and Fred so much for encouraging us to get this podcast off the ground and more importantly housing the podcast for us i mean you've not only given us so much advice on how to do a podcast but you are our official publishers and producers and we could not have done it without humble and fred radio so uh, again thanks so much and i'm sure glad you guys had a great time here Merci. fred fred you're next you're next buddy. yes absolutely uh still to come still to come on our podcast as we get it close to wrapping up but boy not before our very favorite story of our adventure here in france no that is still to come before the end be- of our year in review but before we get to that yeah uh, we need to um review um your driving situation in france when you first arrived i guess you were a nightmare every day i would go to the mailbox and there would be a ticket i know and it, it was pretty um, alarming because of the French system, and we were new to it. We didn't know how that would impact our ability to drive in France. Yeah. Um, but I think more details will be revealed in the story coming up. Well, and, and, the, and the one thing about this is when this story, uh, when we did this story, this was chapter 11, and we still at this point did not know whether or not my points were going to be disallowed or count. So you were facing the potential of not being able to drive in France and becoming Miss Daisy. (laughs) (laughs) There are other things that are pending in our life, Jeff, um, such as traffic violations. Mm. Yeah, well. When when you uh, first got here, um, you wasted no time. In, in in racking up a traffic violation. What was your first one? Let, let me just take the file. Oh my God, this is heavy. Shut uh, up. Um, was the first one, oh, it was speeding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, but I mean, you know, who knew about the, the photo radar, the way they have it set up here? Trick you. Come around a corner, boom, there's a camera, nailed. So yeah, the first one was right, I think, Honestly, the first week we got here in October of 2020, and I came around. Oh, yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, it was on an exit ramp from a major thoroughfare. On an exit ramp. I mean, come on. So <laughs> we get off the exit ramp. Boom! I know I got nailed. I get the ticket. I pay it. It's one point off at this at this stage. It's one. Okay. Oh, and 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 I guess we would. We would have added that to the airport ticket. That was my first one, bringing you back from Paris. Again, problem child. And bringing you and and Blue back from Paris. I I pulled off the the road because I I felt the dog was in need of going to the bathroom. I didn't want him to get sick. And I get three points. Mm -hmm. And I fought that one. 
and lost. And lost, but you know what? My my, how, oh, how ruthless! I mean, I I told the story. I said, hey, we the dog was on the plane for 15 hours. I wanted to pull over and uh, let him relieve himself. Oh no, sorry, guilty. So uh, you know what? Fine, I paid that one. That's three points, but that's ruthless. And here's what I'd tell you: I would do it all again. That was a. It was called a dangerous parking violation. Three points. Oh, and by so we should tell you how many points you get. Twelve. Twelve. And, and then you with your French driver's license, but we don't have a French driver's license, so I don't. I don't know so how that's gonna. This is the gray area. Play out. But yeah. if you had a. Yeah, I know. This is so we're still a little nervous. We're walking on eggshells about these driver's licenses, but so. So then I lost that, so I paid that. So let's, we, we should maybe be keeping track of my points, okay? Yeah, okay so so that, that would be that, three. That was three. Three. Right. And, and then I did admit to the first photo radar, so that's that was one. I paid that. You, you pay it, you're guilty, you lose the point, okay? So the first one's three. That's the illegal parking. So you were clearly part of the statistics in France in 2020. Guess how many... <laughs> Tickets were issued in 2020. Oh, you mean photo radar and all of them? Yeah, uh, I'd all, say millions. I'd say millions. Yeah, how, how many millions? I'd say, I'd say 20 million. Well, you're very close. 17.6 million tickets. Now, in fairness to their system, they do warn you mm-hmm. that they're. Now, I'm not sure about that off ramp one. That was tricky. That was bordering on entrapment. Uh, but they do. Have a sign. There's going to be uh, the potential for photo radar over over the next eight kilometers, and so you are forewarned. You have no one to blame but yourself. Okay, so that's I'm up to four points. Four. Okay, let me let me look through. I think the next one is a red light. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a red light. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, Your on. Your honor. Your honor. <laughs> Your honor. Go on. All right. I know I know there are two red lights in there. Three points a pop. I know that. But the, the here's the and the red light is also fo- photo red light. It's a flawed system the likes of which should be it should be banned, they should be removed or they should have a better system. Because I can tell you in no uncertain terms, this driver did not go through a red light. Now. You crossed the line. I was I was in the car with one of them, I think. But I can tell you that I never went through a red light. So here I am facing six points mm-hmm. on red two red light tickets, neither of which I went through. So you are at a total of uh, three plus three plus three plus one, ten points. Okay, but... Hang on. So this is when I called a lawyer. <laughs> because I do believe that uh, also uh, when those two red lights were happening, there was there was one more. Mm-hmm. But it came in from the year before because they couldn't find me because it was with my truck that I bought and it was still registered to the car company. I see. So uh, we, we called the traffic lawyer. He was awesome. He was great. He, and spoke... English well enough. Better than my French, I'll tell you that. So we just kind of laid it out for him, and he said, well, I'll just tell you this. The red, and he he concurred with me, that the red light photo tickets are flawed in a number of ways. But he said, the big way they're flawed is the pictures come from behind. So it's contingent upon them to prove that you were driving. Oh, okay. And he said, that's how we fight this. 
So we asked him to drop the letters. So we we sent those off in January of 2021. It is now March of 2022, and we have heard not word one about any of these violations. So, yeah, I don't know what to do. I can still legally dr- drive just because we don't have their license. We have the piece of paper. Not, and- just correction, it's not we can drive. <laughs> I've, I've never <laughs> had any kind of ticket whatsoever. <laughs> Because I went to a Catholic school, and I'm a smarty pants, and I'm bilingual. (laughs) Yeah, and I guess the only update we have from that is, uh, and and it's actually quite recent because of your recklessness. Um, Because I wasn't driving the car. (laughs) Someone else was driving the car. This is the funniest thing. Someone else, who is not me, was driving the car. Of all this stuff that happened to me... (laughs) And I didn't get any points knocked off the license. And I guess the reason was we officially didn't have a French driver's license. So thank God that I got all this out of my system while I was driving under the Canadian uh, license. And then, yeah, I guess I was I got caught one more time when we did have our license and it was driving Julie's car. And that point has been reinstated. So here we are. It is uh, mid-January. And we both have all 12 of our driving points. Thank the good Lord. Take a deep breath. Yes. All right. This is universally, and we're saving this for the very last story, (laughs) because this is universal, is it not? Yeah. It's kind of like, back by popular demand. Yeah. (laughs) When we first told this story in chapter two of our podcast, uh, we received... Just an incredible response, like, honestly, by phone from our friends or in emails. Who could not believe mm-hmm. the story we told. No, they couldn't believe. Um, and, 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 you know, here's the other funny thing. The story that, if in case you haven't heard this story, there's no embellishment to it mm. whatsoever. Everything happened. Uh, even quoted the email. Everything happened exactly as is told. And no one can believe it, but it's all true, isn't it? The facts, nothing but the facts. It's the official story of Cheapy McCheaperson. (laughs) As promised in chapter one, the story of the cheapest human being ever to live. Going back to September, when we asked this agency to represent us and show us the homes, We were four days looking for homes, and each one of the four days, all four of us, Danielle, Julie, and I, and this agent, went for lunch. And uh, we were working off of a a credit card at the time that you had. Mm -hmm. So Julie happily bought, because again, she doesn't know us from a hole in the wall, so fine. Uh, I I didn't really have much of a problem that we were buying all the lunches. I I didn't. But let's fast forward now to January, where she's getting 30,000 euros worth of commission, 45,000 Canadian dollars worth of commission. Let's fast forward to that day, shall we? Which is now January the something, mid-January 2020. (laughs) And here is the email that I received that day. And then I'm going to ask you, if you're playing at home, who you think would be buying lunch. Hi, Jeff and Julie. Just to confirm that we are meeting at your home at 10.30 on the 14th 
for pre-inspection, then lunch, then no tear at 1400 hours, two o'clock. Signed, Cheapy McCheaperson. <laughs> P.S. Bring your wallet. Okay. <laughs> so we go. <laughs> we go, we come and we meet uh, the, the, the seller. Uh, we walk around. Everything's cool. All right. Uh, so thanks very much. We'll see you later on at the No Tears. And, and now it's time for our wonderful uh, Cheapy McCheaperson to take us uh, for lunch because... You just heard the, somebody said they were, and by the, oh, and, and, just hang on. She booked the lunch at the restaurant, not us. She booked it. Mm -hmm. So we, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now anyone in the civilized world gets this email. On the day that you're buying a house and giving someone $45,000 and accompanied by this and the booking, and I mean, so who's buying lunch? It's pretty evident. So we go there, we have the lunch, the lovely time, chatty chatty, oh yeah, it's the house is great. And you've been wonderful and blah, blah, blah. Check comes, it sits there. She's got like Tyrannosaurus Rex arms are the shortest <laughs> arms in the world because they can't seem to reach this piece of paper that's been, and I'm just, I'm just looking, I'm staring oh, at that. Oh, you were losing it. You were losing it. Well, no, but I was, before I lost it, I was just staring at that bill because I, are you kidding me? Julie's just bought four lunches where you didn't even discuss picking up the bill. And now here we are uh, again, purchased a house and you've invited us for lunch to this restaurant. Finally, I just said, Hey, Cheapy McCheapison, <laughs> thanks very much for lunch. Are you ready for this? <laughs> Without missing a beat, Cheapy McCheaperson says, Yes, Julie, thank you for lunch. Oh! Okay. <laughs> Jeff oh, okay. just walked, got up from the table and walked out of the restaurant, leaving me with Cheapy. People in Spain <laughs> knew how pissed off I was. This was like, are you out of it? And so I, I'm just, I'm fuming. I'm walking around the restaurant. I'm, I just have, I've never experienced this level of cheapness before. And uh, wow, she actually picked up on that. And she said, uh, is there a problem? And you know, Julie being the nice member of our family uh, <laughs> said, no, no, it's, it's okay, cheapy. Uh, it's okay. And she says, do you want me to pay for my lunch? And God, I'm so proud of my wife. She said, Ashley Cheapy, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so what is she? She hands over 30 euros for her lunch. Oh, I've just never seen anything like it. All right, calm down, buddy. Calm down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I got to say, it's one thing. I have a big bone to pick with cheap people. I mean, and, and you know what? Here's the other thing. You don't have to be rich not to be cheap, that's, right? That's, yes. You don't. Priceless. It's, it's true. It's you just, just carry your weight. That's all. Carry your weight in this world. Anyway, uh, we figured we'd save that one for the very end because it's clearly our favorite story. And, and once people <laughs> realize that it's true, it becomes their favorite story from our adventure here uh, over the past uh, year as well. Wow. Well, that was really fun. I, I got to say, we, we compiled this list kind of based on our favorite things. 
But maybe... Maybe we, some of you have different stories that you remember that, that you'd like us to replay. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, invariably, everybody's got a different funny bone. Or maybe there were some of the tours that you want us to go over again. But uh, feel free to check out our Facebook page at Jeff and Julie Move to France and let us know what some of your favorite moments are from the last year or in 2022. And maybe we can pot them on sometime between now and the end of 2023. Sure. That sounds like fun. Well, Julie and I want to thank you for your encouragement and support over the past year. And we look forward to all the adventures 2023 holds for us. That is a wrap. Thanks very much for joining us on A Year in Review. Au revoir. A très bientôt.